You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can find me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. You can find all of the podcast network content at LockedOnPodcastNetwork.com. I apologize for the lateness of this episode today where there is construction going on everywhere in my neighborhood. All of the roads have been ripped up and that is loud at night. And then during the day, they've been working on the apartment literally above mine. And they're they're very inconsiderate of my podcast schedule, frankly. And so that's why we're here. That's why we're a little late. And we're going to talk a lot about the Packer receiver position today in part inspired by Trevor Davis being arrested at the airport for joking, apparently, about having a bomb in his bag. I don't... Look, it's a dumb thing to make a joke about. It's also a dumb thing to be arrested for making threats, okay? He didn't make a threat based on the information that we have. Uh, It's all very silly. But what I want to talk about is the status of the receiver position how the Packers could address it in the draft and what that will mean or what that will say about the team as a whole. I wrote a piece for Acme Packing Company or today, in fact, about this idea of what it means if the Packers take certain types of players in the draft and, and what that will say about how they feel about the offense and what they feel about this roster moving forward as a whole. So we're going to get to that a little bit later in the show. But in order to talk about that, I think we have to start with where we are now in terms of what the Packers have at receiver and what this offense is going to look like if they make no changes to it between now and and the start of the season. So based on the personnel they currently have, Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb, clearly their top two receivers. They don't have a third receiver that anyone should feel that good about. Geronimo Allison has some some skill. He has some experience, but he's never been consistent. When he needed to to give them some consistent snaps against Carolina, for example, he had the game ceiling fumble. His hands are inconsistent. He's just he's not the guy that if you're gonna have. Devontae Adams on one side and another receiver on the other side that that you want consistently getting your snaps there. Michael Clark is not ready to be that player either, barring a significant jump forward in year two. Given the the traditional projection of, of NFL receivers over the last five or so years, year three, it used to be year two was the year that they would make that leap more and more given the way the offenses differ from, from college to the pros. It is more now year three, not just receivers, but players in general, is when they're they're finally coming into their own. He could make a year two jump and be a contributor next year. It would be year three for Trevor Davis, and the Packers are going to need that jump from him. 
I don't know that he's anything more than a punt returner. But so, we know Devontae Adams is going to spend a lot of his time as the single receiver to one side. And we know that Randall Cobb is primarily going to be used in the slot. Now, he was used a little bit more outside when Joe Philbin was the offensive coordinator, which this this tearing down and building back up of the playbook could incorporate. We could see Cobb play more on the outside. And I think the arrival of Jimmy Graham could signal such a move where the Packers are going to put Devontae Adams outside and on the other side of the formation, they're going to have Randall Cobb opposite him outside with Jimmy Graham in the slot just to create some confusion and some matchup problems for the defense. Now, what I what I said when Jimmy Graham was signed is I think what you'll see also a lot was something that the Packers did with, with Jared Cook. And that is make him the lone receiver, the single receiver to one side and force the defense to say, we're either going to put a corner on him or we're going to put a safety or a linebacker on him. And depending on what they choose, it could give away their coverage. But it also, almost no matter what, most linebackers are too slow to cover Jimmy Graham. Most safeties are not good enough in coverage to handle Jimmy Graham, even at his age. And corners are too small. So you build in an advantage when you put him out there. At the very least, you force, especially against zone teams, you force them to have a corner on him at least to start. And on the other side, you can still have Randall Cobb in the slot, his most natural position. Jimmy Graham is going to play receiver for this team. Let's be unequivocal about that. He's not a tight end. He is a big receiver because he's not going to play in line very often. I just don't see that being a viable option for them. Lance Kendricks is not a good enough blocker for them to do that. So they're going to need to find a way to make that work. What I think we could see, and and I speculated about this in my article for Acme Packing, was what they might do is draft a receiver. Or they could certainly use the receivers that they have. But they could play some three-by-one where they have three receivers and a tight end, what we traditionally call 11 personnel. It is it is the Packers' preferred personnel under Mike McCarthy. And they could play them as a four-receiver set. You can go three-by-one. You can go two-by-two. There's a lot of different ways you can... You, you, could go, you could go bunch. There's a lot of different ways that you could deploy that personnel... And it would really provide problems for defenses. Now, another option that I'm really intrigued by is if the Packers, there are two players in this draft that I really like in terms of their versatility, Dimitri Flowers and Austin Ramish. They're fullback, H-back players. If the Packers take one of them, or, or in the case of Austin Ramish, may not need to draft him, may be able to get him as an undrafted free agent, but I think they'd have to spend a late day three pick on him is you replace Ripkowski with Ramish, let's say. He can block. He can catch. The Badgers even used him on some jet sweeps. He's an athletic guy. You don't lose much by playing a fullback in a very traditional formation by personnel. Two running backs, or in this case, a running back and a fullback, a tight end and two receivers. That seems like it is a, a traditional power set. The Packers in the 90s with Mike Holmgren used to run that, the pro formation. And given the traits that those guys have, or Flowers from Oklahoma, 
He can go run routes. He can be an H-back who blocks, who catches the ball out of the backfield, who runs routes like a tight end. And you could have four guys who are capable of splitting out and being a part of the passing game. And that gives you incredible flexibility against what is likely a base defense. If you put Ty Montgomery in the backfield with him, now all of a sudden you can go five wide on one play. Empty. Rodgers in the backfield in the shotgun with five players in the route and all five are legitimate threats, not the kind of bogus, we're going we're gonna to put Ripkowski out wide and make them basically give up a man for a man where he's not a threat and the defense knows he's not a threat. No, five legitimate threats. And the very next play, they could go heavy and run power. Same position group, same players, but you could line that them up in the I formation and run halfback power in a, in a spread offense that loves to go no huddle. That kind of positional flexibility is important. Jimmy Graham is a receiver for all intents and purposes with this offense. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. I've had some questions about the drawing. They happen regularly every week. But because this is a network-wide promotion and every podcast does it, we haven't had a Packers winner yet. Frankly, I could use some more reviews. The more Packers fans and listeners of this show who review the podcast, the better we have, the better chance we have of getting a winner on this show. So let's get one. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. It gets you access to player grades, the drafts guide, all sorts of content behind their their paywall, fantasy football content that you could use this fall. It's all there for you. So what kind of, of receiver do the Packers need? Well, first and foremost, they need someone with speed. This draft is full of players who fit that bill. Nearly every receiver in the top 15, really almost every receiver full stop in the draft, has speed. In fact, an NFL draft scout, if you look at their position rankings, this is my favorite site for those kinds of things. I think it gives you the best idea of who's going to be drafted where. Of the top 13 receivers... The top 13, all of them run 4.55 or better. So th- that doesn't mean all of them are speed demons, but 4.55 or better. Jordy Nelson ran 4.55. There are a bunch of guys who ran 4.4, a couple of 4.3s, DJ Chark from LSU. I think you will see them go for speed. Now that doesn't, that, that is traditional. They traditionally like guys who run better than 4.6. So... This is not a surprise, but I think in particular, they, they need someone who can create down the field, someone who can create space for them to work in, in the offense, open up underneath routes, open up the middle of the field for Jimmy Graham, open up the underneath for Randall Cobb. Devontae Adams showed he can play down the field. He can create down the field, but that's not where he's best utilized. He can do it, but you'd rather have someone else creating that space for him to work underneath where he is so difficult to guard on in-breaking routes. 
But the interesting question to me, because there are so many different kinds of players that the Packers can draft. I don't think 14 is a viable option. If they trade down, I think someone is going to want to come up and jump the Cardinals to get a quarterback. If they trade down, then I think you could see in the 20s someone like DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley. I personally wouldn't love Ridley there, but I don't think we should we should read too much into how high the Packers draft a receiver. They have shown a willingness in the past to add assets at that position because it's an important position, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers, even when they're flush to add. Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb were serious Pro Bowl caliber players in 2014 when the Packers drafted Devontae Adams. The Packers were coming off a Super Bowl season in which Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, and James Jones were incredible down the stretch in particular, and they drafted Randall Cobb. So uh, it is it is certainly not going to be an indictment of this receiver group if the Packers take a receiver at 45 or in the 20s or wherever it is. Now, 14, yeah, maybe. I think that would be where you would start to to, to wonder how they feel about some of these other players. So what will the different types of players say? I think that is the more interesting question. What type of receiver will they draft? And what does that say about how they feel about this roster? And I think almost no matter what, it will be a reflection on Randall Cobb. Because there are some players who are either priority slot players or slot-only players who could be available at 45 or later. And the Packers don't have a history of drafting slot-only guys. Randall Cobb is the exception, not the rule. They prefer bigger guys, guys who can play it more than just the slot, which is why someone like Christian Kirk at 5'10", 201, I think he can play in more than just the slot. But the Packers, their preferences historically say they just don't want a receiver that short. Someone like Anthony Miller, who's 5'11", 201 from Memphis, freak athlete, but also incredibly productive, incredibly skilled and polished. He's almost the exact same size as Greg Jennings. He's a little bit shorter than the Packers tend to prefer. He would be the shortest receiver the Packers have taken in more than 10 years. If he is taken, you would assume it's because they believe he can play outside. Greg Jennings played outside, although his best position was in the slot. So does drafting a receiver, if they draft a smaller receiver and eschew their traditional player types... Does that say something about Randall Cobb? I think so. Now, if they take, if they wait, if they wait until day three and in the fourth round, someone like Deshaun Hamilton or Michael Gallup is there at the top of the fourth round, that's a, that's a depth play. That is, an, that is a, a vote of confidence for this receiver group. We think we can make something out of Randall Cobb. That's what the Packers are saying. We think he can continue to be a high-level player. We think Michael Clark can progress. We think Geronimo Allison can be more than he is. We think Trevor Davis still has upside, and we think Ty Montgomery can be an asset to our passing game to the point where we don't have to bring in a high-level talent. But if the Packers take a receiver, almost any receiver, at 45 or at 76, I think that's their way of saying we need to get younger, We need to get more explosive, and I'm sorry, Randall Cobb, we just 
can't do this anymore. Because if they take a boundary receiver, that allows Jimmy Graham to play in the slot where he belongs. And then they have fully subverted the role of Randall Cobb. Now, they could do what I suggested earlier in the show, and that is play a little bit more with three receivers and one tight end which would be de facto four receiver set, something that Mike McCarthy has, for some reason or another, been allergic to. He started doing with Brett Hundley, and I was like, why, why couldn't you have done this with Aaron Rodgers? Where was this with Aaron Rodgers? You know, the best quarterback in football. That was <laughs> frustrating. But I think the fact that they do need a receiver, and, and Packers fans, I think, rightly point out that they need a receiver is an indictment of Randall Cobb in some ways. I think, though, there is a possibility here where instead of drafting a receiver in the top three picks or four picks, the Packers instead, let's say Dallas Goddard from South Dakota State is there at 45. He can block and he can catch. They could play more to tight end personnel and allow Jimmy Graham to play in the slot or outside. And it's going to look like their traditional three-receiver set, but it's going to be two tight ends. And that would give their offense tremendous flexibility. It's sort of the cousin of the situation I proposed earlier, where they play with a fullback, a versatile H-back fullback type player. I think that's on the table as well. And again, if they do it that way, it will be a tacit endorsement of Randall Cobb. So there are some scenarios where the Packers say, we like what we have. And even if they take a receiver, it could be because they want a boundary receiver. Jimmy Graham, is, is his deal is basically a two-year deal. And, and by the end of that deal, they may have a receiver that turns out to be a starting player. You can't expect a receiver to come in and have immediate impact on your team. Even Devontae Adams, who turned out to be very good, went through his struggles the first two years. And he showed some flashes, sure. But he also showed inconsistency. He was a rookie. He had some bad drops. That that Patriots game that I that I talk about a lot in 2014, Mike McCarthy's finest coaching performance in the regular season. Devontae Adams has a, a walk-in touchdown where he cooked Darrell Revis on a slant. And if he catches it, the Packers win by double digits. Or by at least a touchdown. It's certainly a, a more comfortable win than it turned out to be. So... Uh, drafting a receiver is not definitely or necessarily an indictment of Randall Cobb, but I think it hints that way, particularly if they take uh, an undersized sort of run-after-the-catch type player, someone like DJ Moore from Maryland who's super raw and is basically you know, a bubble screen, slant, dig, you know, someone who just, just get him the ball and let him play. If they take someone like that, I think it is it is a direct shot across the bow at Randall Cobb. We won't know until this time next year if it was for sure. And certainly I think we'll we'll have an understanding if if Cobb has been sort of pushed out of the offense this year. Ultimately, though, it seems like speed is the biggest priority. And so if they take someone like DJ Chark. At 45, who is just, you know, 6'3", 200, runs 4'3", 40-inch vertical jump. That is the upside play. If Cortland Sutton is there, he's he's not a super speed demon, but they're going to win 
playing basketball because he's 6'3", 218, plays like Alshon Jeffrey, physical, can go win jump balls. You're not going to stop the Packers in the red zone if they have Sutton, Adams, and Graham. I mean, you're just not. So the the great thing is there are a lot of different types of player players in the draft for Green Bay to take and to add to this offense, but the choice will come with what type of player, and I think that type will be telling. You are listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything new across the NFL with Locked On NFL and Locked On NFL Draft. All right, we're going to have two more shows this week, one Wednesday, one Friday, hopefully normal times depending on the construction schedule. Hopefully I can bring those to you. Um, My goal is to have a guest to talk about the draft and bring you a, a lot more information as we move closer. The Packers continue to bring players in for visits. We're going to talk about those as they progress, as they happen, and potentially what they tell us about where Green Bay is looking. So far, it is all defense. And that is that should surprise no one. This team needs to get better defensively. It's why they made the changes that they did in the offseason and clearly the weakest part of this roster. It needs to be fixed. They clearly understand that. So they're going to attack it with in earnest, and we did an Acme Packing Company mock draft, uh, a league-wide draft. I got to draft for the Packers, and in the first two rounds, I came away with Derwin James and Dante Jackson, a safety and a corner. And if if the draft plays out that way, I mean, I think Dante Jackson is a top 25 player. So if the draft plays out that way, Green Bay gets much more athletic, much faster, much better in terms of their playmaking ability, and let's go. That's all I have to say. Let's go because. With Mike Pettin, that defense would be a lot better, and Aaron Rodgers is going to do enough. We know that. All right. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can follow my work at fansided.com and actuallypackingcompany.com. And always stay Locked on the Packers.